Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, you will be excited to hear that I watched my first round of disc golf the other day. <laughs> I am really excited to hear that. <laughs> you watched it. Uh, you watched it on YouTube. I watched it live. Oh, you watched it live. It's, it's not exactly fair to say I watched watched a round of it. What I what I did was when you were we at drive, the park and someone was playing disc well, golf. <laughs> not not even quite that much. When when we <laughs> my whole my my son has soccer practice twice a week, and uh, when we leave that area, it's through this this I guess. Uh, out of the sports park that is that is local and there's fields and things around there and uh there's just one disc golf hole that we drive by and there's always this long line to get out because wait because because of the flooding that happened earlier this year in one of the fields so this one field is way too crowded now and there's a huge line to get out so we had to sit there and watch and i it's only one hole that i saw and i watched one uh threesome go past and and do the hole and uh it was enlightening <laughs> did it make you want to play no it didn't at all it actually it saddened me doug for you and for oh, all the oh, this they carry uh, them backpacks with their clubs in them with their discs in them like little like regular like ll bean backpack like well, 55 year old men are playing the sport and then just carry that thing around grab a frisbee out of it throw it well those those 55 year old men don't have the speed gear then oh no what, what's the real bag supposed to be well, so like I have like a little, it's like a little satchel kind of thing, but it's designed for discs. It holds, I don't know, maybe 10 discs or something. I'm in like a water bottle and stuff like that. But like the, the serious guys have like backpacks that are designed for it. So, you know, they're like open in the back and you just like slide your discs in. It looks, you know, I mean, it's like a wow. legit disc off disc bag. Mm-hmm. Do they wear like hydration packs or have any major nutrition strategy? <laughs> sometimes you'll see people with like a like they have like a their pack has a spot for a, a bladder or something yeah <laughs> yeah you ever, you ever see like a bad bad bonk in in disc golf <laughs> yeah people are just like crashing <laughs> yeah. at hole 16 how many holes yeah. are, how many holes are in disc golf 18 18 okay yeah so they kept that kept that mm-hmm. aspect they get that aspect we have pars and uh and all that all that stuff nice you you'll be excited to hear that like one of the best players in the world right now who's just been blowing up this year is uh, is vegan Eagle McMahon. Oh yeah! Oh, we gotta get him on. That'd we be should. great. I would love, I would love to get him on. I, <laughs> I almost I almost suggested so it a couple weeks ago. Do it. <laughs> I almost suggested it a couple weeks ago, and then I I thought you would give me too much too much crap. So well, I, I won't do it. But you but you could be the interview. Be a, be a Doug Hay exclusive <laughs> disc golf feature. Oh man, I would be so. Nervous. You could find out about what he eats during a round. What, he, what mm-hmm. kind of snacks he brings. Oh man, I would, I would, I would be like in total like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. celebrity nervous thing. Yep. I don't know and then we could we could see if he knows any vegan uh, FIFA esports players, <laughs> and we could have them on next. <laughs> and you could do that. You could do yeah. that interview. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of FIFA, the uh, the FIFA nineteen comes out on Friday, Doug. One day after <laughs> this one. All right, Can't but wait. that's that's if you didn't pre-order a month ago to get the Champions Edition, and then you got the game on Tuesday. You think I didn't do that, Doug? <laughs> did 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 you happen to do that? Of course, I did that. <laughs> How is it? Is it just you know? It's kind of exactly the same game. There's a few little new aspects, but not that much. 
Like what? What can they change every year? I mean, what they can players, what they can change stuff. every year is they can change the player ratings, which my son Holden is totally into because he think like the player rating for him is the end all be all number that dictates that player's worth in life. Basically, like he just thinks like if somebody is an eighty nine, then that guy's an eighty nine, and he wouldn't understand why in real life some like, one club would ever trade an eighty nine for an eighty five. He thinks it's just like why would anybody do that? <laughs> <laughs> so which is good. It just kind of reduces it all to one one dimension. And all the kits update, which, I mean, soccer has a major racket going on with, with the, the jerseys and things. Like, they change it every single year, and then the fans just go buy the new $80 jersey every year because you don't want to be seen wearing the old one, I don't think. So They update their jerseys every year? Every single year. And, wow. and they all look really cool, and they're all Adidas and Nike, and it's just like a big deal when they get released. And, like, all the, like the whole color scheme changes. I mean, everything changes. They keep some things wow. constant, but it all changes, and it seems like all the all the gear, all the scarf things that people hold up, the, all the balls that you know have the team logo on, like just everything changes. And then everyone, it seems to me that everyone buys it because you don't see that much old stuff compared to new. Yeah, so like if you if you just can't afford to buy a new jersey every year, then you shouldn't be you're a soccer like a fan. loser. Yeah, you're a total loser. Too poor to be a fan. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Which is strange, considering you're supposed to be able to play it with bare feet and not need any actual equipment other than a, a ball <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right everybody anybody can play soccer it seems you're, you're supposed to be that way anyway that's play true. with a yes wad of paper if you need to <laughs> but you gotta have the right jersey <laughs> that's right the new updated cool. jersey. i don't even know if we're gonna get updated jerseys i we did it we bought them one time well for my for my son and i don't know that we're gonna get the next year kid. yeah right you got one too <laughs> didn't you <laughs> yep i did of course <laughs> what about like the the uh like the local league here they don't change jerseys every year do they yep of course they do they do. of course they do so i did buy one of those because it's a season ticket to get in to the games mm. um and that's maybe that's the ex- the excuse for why it yeah, has to that, change well that makes more sense that makes more well sense. i think they would change it any- either way <laughs> even even the kids, my sons of this academy program, Adidas requires that the jersey change every two to three years because they want to sell more jerseys. Seriously? Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awful. That is really bad. <laughs> I think there's a ton of money in it, though. I think I, mean, I think it's probably one, maybe bigger money maker than the, you know, tickets and TV. Tickets maybe I don't know anything. Maybe that's totally off, but because I don't know how much how much per per fan a, a TV contract makes, but. I just know a lot of people are sporting $100 jerseys and they buy them again every year. So, huh. who knows? Very interesting. It is. So, well, I uh I I've been I was thinking about you this weekend, Matt. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I was thinking about you too, Doug. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh so I was at a wedding and um uh the ceremony was beautiful, but during like right as everybody made it underneath the tent into the reception uh it just started dumping rain i mean like inches of rain over the next few hours mm-hmm. to the point where by the time dinner was done every like all the tables were basically in like an inch of water jeez oh, <laughs> um and uh the night turned a little bit weird but it reminded me of a story i heard about you and your wedding oh yeah where your your wedding turned a little bit weird too because of rain because of yeah. rain yeah I want to hear that story. <laughs> then, I, well, then we'll compare it with my story. Okay. If you feel comfortable telling it. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know that we're thinking about the same thing here. Mine, mine only got weird in the sense that it started pouring 
And so we, we had a tent outdoor thing. The ceremony was uh-huh. fine. That was also outdoors. That was fine. Then we moved under the tent for the reception. And halfway through dinner, it's skies just opened up and rained for like an hour straight hard. And the DJ's equipment apparently all got ruined because it came in the sides of the tent. <laughs> uh, and then people started slip and sliding. They started running. It, it was at this big old farm. And people started just running full head of steam out of the tent and then would just dive <laughs> on the grass and just go for like, I don't know, 30 yards, it seemed like. Uh, and then and then people started chanting names of people they wanted to, and, and it was all like reverberated through the tent. And there was this big like, uh, ole, 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 like that thing started going on. <laughs> and it was just so loud under the tent with the rain pouring. And then people started chanting. My, my best man in the way was my friend named Pat. People started saying, Matt and Pat, Matt and Pat. And I, I've heard some versions of the story where I did it at that point. But the version I recall is that I went up to my new wife and said, can we, you know, this is, this is you know, I, this, is a, this whole planning of this event was a little bit more important to you than it was to me. Not, not that the event wasn't important, but I think, I think that's just... In, uh-huh. in many times one of the one of the partners is more about wedding planning than the other so uh i said you know what do you think should we do that like as people were chanting matt and pat i just said what you know should i do it and uh and she said no don't do it so i didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> that's the part i remember so you never did it did not do it no okay. but i know some people got their got their tucks ruined one of the guys in the wedding uh ruined his thing no that that's wrong <laughs> one guy ruined his new suit Someone else who did it, who was in the wedding, uh, just returned it as at, like that, and it was fine. Didn't never had to pay or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of, kind of a similar story where, um, although there was, so everything was kind of underneath the tent. So it, it flooded, you know, I don't know if it was poorly placed tent or if it was just the amount of water that came down, you know, over the like couple hours of the reception mm-hmm. that the ground just couldn't handle it, but there was so much water underneath the tent that anywhere people would walk. So like in between tables around the dance floor in front of the bar, just by like, I don't know, by an hour after dinner was just a huge mud. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so by the end of the reception, like, you know, so, so some people were uncomfortable with that and like left, but you know, the younger crowd definitely stayed and continued to party and people just took off their shoes and rolled up their pants and, Ladies were like tying up their dresses into skirts, mm-hmm. and um, by the end of the night, the mud pit was like around the dance floor was over your ankles. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god! And it was it was, it's it like, was a like Woodstock '95 kind of. It's what it felt like. It's what. It's exactly what it felt like. It was just like everywhere, and um, and then so eventually people started doing the same thing, like running off the like wooded part of the dance floor mm-hmm. diving into the mud pit and like getting it head to toe like in your face in your ears and uh and i didn't do it but uh but a lot of people did and the night ended with like at you know at the last song the bride and groom did it and oh my god and then went off and <laughs> i mean i think that's as well as a wedding can possibly go that that is that's great it's great for the guests it's it is mm-hmm. so much more memorable for the guests and the couple than you yeah. know, the normal scripted wedding would be Right. I, that is that is perfect, and yeah, and as adults, we don't get that many chances to do that kind of fun stuff. But no, but for no. some reason, people it love was, this when it happens, when nature. Does it, it was it was a it was a night to remember without a doubt. Like I'm sure that they wouldn't have planned it that way, but I don't <laughs> think anybody regret it. And you know, and I think it comes down to, um, you know, with every situation like this, like not just weddings, but like 
especially weddings or something you've put a lot of effort into a lot of planning and probably a lot of money. Um, you know, there's like those expectations. And then as soon as the rain comes and there's, and your, your party turns into a giant <laughs> mud, mud pit, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and, and you could see that like the bride was struggling with it at first. Like when her first dance, it was, it was like water coming in uh-huh. on the band and everything. Right. And, um, but you know, it's major, major credit to them because they just rolled with it and ended up having a total blast. Yeah. And, uh, so did they, when they did it at the end, did the bride do it in her dress? She did. Oh <laughs> I saw uh, on Instagram the next day. She would like they. Were, she it was in the bathtub with oxy. They were just like dumping oh. oxyclean in there. <laughs> I'm sure it is ruined. I'm sure the guy like, he was wearing a custom made suit for the wedding. And I'm. I mean, I just can't even imagine. Like, I had so much trouble getting mud out of my clothes, and I did not dive in the mud mud pit. So. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a good time, Doug. I like that. Yeah, good time. And and but it was funny when it first started raining and it first started like getting a little wet under the table. I was I was telling that story about your wedding, which I'd only heard once, maybe a really long time ago. So I didn't know it all that well. But. <laughs> and then you know, sure enough, that's what it turned into. Yeah, that sounds like even better than mine. Because mine, you had to go out of the tent at least to partake in the mud stuff. This sounds like it was. <laughs> this was, this was there was literally no avoiding mud. <laughs> wow. Uh, nice. In, in well, good. Glad it went well for you. <laughs> and i i heard that you tried my eating approach while you were away i did Where was this it was... is this rhode island like everything else you go to no this was uh in virginia this was lynchburg virginia okay home of um, uh it's... home of uh virginia tech no home of lynchburg college that's blacksburg it's virginia tech ah yes that's right um yeah, which Lynchburg, it was actually outside of Lynchburg, and then the the wedding was at a farm, and we were staying at, like, a an Airbnb with some cousins, and everything was kind of, like, 15 to 20 minutes away uh-huh. from everything else, and there's really, like, nothing out there. It's, like, we weren't really near a big town or anything like that. I mean, Lynchburg was there, but, like, maybe half an hour away, uh-huh. um, and so it just, it didn't... Uh, you know, and since since we were family members and we were going to like the rehearsal dinner and all these other things, you know, it just didn't lend itself well to being able to cook uh, much and being able to kind of prepare a lot of food. And then, of course, the wedding and the rehearsal dinner didn't really have much mm. vegan option. Not even rehearsal um, dinner? They didn't say, Doug, you're our esteemed guest. We're not going to have some sort of vegan thing for you? They had they had what looked like a delicious uh, vegetarian option that was... Pasta primavera? Absolutely covered in cheese and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and butter, so... Yeah. Um, you know, so the my my cousin sitting next to me ate his and mine, mm-hmm. so that was good. And you you must... You raised a big fuss, right? Made a big scene about it? Oh, yeah. I just, like, went up to the bride, and I was, mm-hmm. you know, it's just raising a huge fuss. Yeah, that's you gotta exactly stand up for, for veganism. That's how you do it. <laughs> no, I kind of had a feeling that um, that, that would be the case, mm-hmm. and so... Uh, I followed your approach, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago in the simplicity episode. Right. Um, First of all, I should point out, you're, you also followed our approach that we talk about all the time, which is in what we just said, not yes. not making a huge team. And, and I get <laughs> yeah. some people like to do that. That's fine. But that is not uh, not my preferred way of doing it. And I don't think that's the best way to represent the movement. So I'm glad that you followed that approach. First of all, that's more important. Yeah. And, and you know what, I, you know, I think, I mean, I, I could have done anything and I'm sure it would have had its own impacts, but, um, when, when I was sitting at the table with, a with some people who didn't know me all that well and it was served and, and, you know, and it was kind of obvious that I wasn't going to eat it, but, um, 
when I didn't make a fuss and I didn't like do anything and I didn't like, I didn't even say anything except for to my cousin next to me, if he wanted to eat it. And he did, um, you know, it, it, uh, like the, like everyone was kind of like, that was really cool. You know, like you, you what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I brought some snacks and uh-huh. have some fruit in the car. And I, you know, I went out like after dinner, you know, when the party was getting going, I went out and had some food in the car and, um, you know, it's like no big deal. And I think that they respected that so much more than anything else I could have done. Mm-hmm. I like that. Warms my heart. <laughs> it does. I like it. Yeah. But, but I took your approach. So uh, we brought like all these snack, all these like, uh, nuts and seeds and, or nuts, I guess not really seeds, nuts and, um, a bunch of fruit and like a little bit of peanut butter and jelly. Like, so I made a sandwich for the, for the wedding night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, like, had all these, like, really easy-to-eat, non-cooked foods that um, we just kept in the car and kept at the house. And um, and it was fun. I ate that way the entire weekend. I, I got home and realized I hadn't had a real meal the entire weekend. Right. Love that. Um, and, it, and it was like, oh, man, that was so easy and not a big deal at all. And not just that, but the whole point of what that episode was, was that you probably ate healthier in right. the amount of fruit and nuts you ate and whatever else you probably did a better job than you know had there been all kinds of food available yeah i mean i'm sure i negated all that healthiness with of course but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no you're absolutely right like if had i eaten a big heavy pasta meal even if it had been vegan um you know it probably would not have been very healthy right good or whatever you know whatever they were serving yeah good well i'm glad that you do you understand where i'm coming from because I sounded like a whack job that episode, I think. <laughs> you did sound, I felt like I was like, like, a, like, a, like an extreme, I don't know, extremist. It was a little weird. You you are, I mean, you're pretty extreme, Matt. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you're an extreme video soccer well, player. Well, do you remember, Doug, when I, uh, we had, I guess it was after this year's beach vacation that I did, or one of the two, uh, mm-hmm. and I was telling you that, I almost wanted to just do the fruitarian thing during the beach week instead of having to try to eat normal food. And mm-hmm. what we ended up doing was bringing that air fryer, and that was fine. It worked great. We had to do a lot of you know, preparing of the food, but it was pretty easy and convenient once we did that. Uh, but I suggested this to you. This is before we had really laid out this, well, talked much about this, this approach of kind of forgetting, throwing out the window the idea of a meal and just eating fruits or raw vegetables or hummus or nuts and seeds, just healthy foods one at a time, not thinking in terms of meals. Um, and I said, I said, that's why I think it, it would be sort of, I don't know. I, I could see myself doing like during one of the next time I go to the beach, maybe saying for the week, I'm just going to do the fruitarian bit for a whole week. And I'm still going to drink beer or whatever and have vacation fun. But, and you thought that was crazy. You thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> I did think <laughs> and, that was a terrible idea. And maybe now you've come around a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm still not saying it's a good idea to do that on vacation, right? Because for some people, vacation is a time to eat junkier food than you usually do and not mind, and it's just a nice way to contain that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's fine. But as far as, like, convenience and when you're – like, when we go to 4th of July, it's just just always sort of a big deal. Everyone's supportive, but, like, I always got to make sure we have our own dinner arranged because there's always big dinners that happen, and very often they're friendly enough. Someone will be thoughtful enough to make a vegan option. It happens a lot. But – I've just wondered, like, if I just didn't have to think about that, I didn't, when people have to get subs in the day, I don't have to have some pre-made thing for the kids or wraps or for myself. Like, what if I just had a whole bunch of oranges and just ate those? It, it just, I think the convenience would be so much more to just eat that. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was like after, with you know, kind of. I didn't. I don't even know if I like decided I was gonna eat this way, or we decided. Katie and I decided we were gonna eat this way. It just kind of like we just once we kind of decided that we weren't going to be rely on any any meals, mm-hmm. you know, like the like the you know breakfast after the wedding, the wedding dinner, the rehearsal dinner. And then, like, all the things we were doing during the day. Um, and once we kind of decided we weren't going to rely on any of that, it was just, it just, like, freed you up, right? To just kind of have a bunch of things at your disposal yeah. and, and kind of eat and pick around as you as you saw fit. Right. You know? and I like that. And then it, like, took all the stress out of, like, oh, my gosh, am I going to have anything to eat at the at the rehearsal or at the wedding dinner? And, you know, and then they ha- they ha- ended up having, like, a nice salad. So I had some some salad, you know, along with the fruit and stuff that I'd already eaten before the for the ceremony mm-hmm. there you go it worked out great you know at this so you're right i i can see i can see how that would be like a really nice it would thing like vacation you said, when you're it would with, make you feel free when you're right with you're freed from yeah. the bonds of having to eat eat meals <laughs> each day during your vacation because you could just yeah. eat when you're hungry and you eat the fruit that you have with you so mm-hmm. good you know on this i wonder if people hearing this do you think it's crazy or if they're like i eat that way all the time what i think if people listen to this and have heard us for long enough they, they've got to be a little bit like us in many ways, and they would have not have tolerated us for that long. Yeah, for 247 <laughs> right. episodes. So I'm sure some people think this is crazy, but I think there are probably a lot of people who have experimented this or discovered this on their own. Maybe, you know, I think you could just naturally find this sometimes because sometimes that's the the only option you have to eat food is to, you know, go swing by the grocery store and grab some food. It's happened to me 15 times in the past couple of years. At this golf trip yeah. I go on each summer, it has become uh-huh. a tradition that I show up with a uh, full head of cabbage and then just rip off pieces <laughs> and dip them in hummus and eat that for snacks. And I get made fun of for it, but but and people expect it now, so I I do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It is. Once I actually left it in a guy, so we play this morning round first, and I got a ride from I think I rented a car and got there. And he picked me up at the airport or something, something complicated like that. But I rode with all my stuff in his car. And then we play this first morning nine hole thing before the whole thing really kicks off. And I left the cabbage in his car in that morning, and then it was really hot, and it just it just reeked when we got back in the car. So <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Anyway, speaking of uh, fruitarian, uh, what Doug? Well, before we move on, I think we should acknowledge your mic because there's a little oh, bit yeah. of weird. Oh uh, yeah. Yes, we have. We're having a, a serious problem with my microphone today. It is. It is, seems that it doesn't work anymore at all. So I'm using those uh, earbud mics. That Apple makes. Yeah, which are, are just fine, but they're not, not the high-quality standards we like to set here at Nomad Athlete Radio. Right, that, that's true. They're not. But hopefully we'll go on the Amazon and get ourselves a new blue microphone. Or maybe if someone from, from blue is listening, they'll just send us a free replacement mic. Because <laughs> it's only been two and a half years that I've had this thing. I know. It's it it's too expensive for it to go out that quickly. Ah, business expense, though, right? Just just write a check for it. Yeah. Throw money yeah, exactly. at it. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, um, um, yeah. so speaking of fruitarian, Doug, that reminded. Well, hold on, what? hold on. Oh, no. Before we before we change subject, I feel like I was kind of talking down on the wedding a little bit. Did you feel no, that way? No, I didn't about think the, that at all. The food and everything. So, I, I'm very grateful. So, if they, if anyone's listening here, uh, my my cousin's listening, then <laughs> it was a wonderful, beautiful weekend. And thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right, fruitarian. Okay. <laughs> um, Don't you ever feel that way? Do you ever wonder, like, if people listen and then they're. Um, not not too often. No. Okay. But I don't say things that are bad. I don't say mean things about weddings I go to. So oh, that's how we're, I didn't that's how say we're different. Mean about the wedding. Oh, 
No, I'm just kidding. I think it's fine. I think uh, I think I think if they were listening to that, they would say, "Hey, Doug is cool that he didn't make a scene at our wedding, even though he didn't give me any vegan food." <laughs> yeah, exactly. All anyway, right, just have a text your cousin after this is done and give him the preemptive warning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell him the the entire vegan community is going to come <laughs> after him. Anyway, uh, okay. Aren't you glad you did that that whole apology? I'm so glad. So much better. Distracted everybody. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Doug, the fruitarian thing. <laughs> the reason yeah. the reason I keep getting back to that is because it, it reminded me of an episode that we did a long time ago, shortly after the fruitarian episode, uh, which you know I speak of it as if it was this famous the fruitarian episode. But we did have a fruitarian yeah. episode a long time ago. We did. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you weren't sure. <laughs> no, no, we we did because you were you were really into it. I was really into it. And I remember, yeah. I, even then, I was not too sure about the long-term prospects of it. And that's kind of been my big hang-up. But I really enjoyed how I felt on that. And that was that was a long time ago now. That was like three or four years ago now. But I always have fond memories of it and always think, I'd, I, one of these days, I don't know when, I'm going to commit to doing it again. It's hard because you don't get hot dinners, and that is, that's really difficult. And if you're trying to do, really do it, it's like, when I was doing it, I was not having coffee in the morning. I wasn't having a beer at night. Maybe once a week or something, I was doing that. Um, but I was trying to be really strict about it, but I've just, I don't know. I, I really loved how I felt on it and I always want to get back to that. But it reminded me, we did an episode after that that was some, called something like why we love diet challenges. And that is the one that always comes up for me that I think of, but I did others. I did, uh, Joe Furman's eat to live plan. I did that for, yep. you know, three, four or five weeks. I don't remember how many, uh, I did before I was vegan, which was what, what was the eat to live one? Eat to live is basically just extreme whole food plant-based. I mean, it's, I say extreme. I just mean it's it's a hundred percent whole food pimp. Whole food. No pimp. oil. There's right. no oils. That he really discourages added salt even to food. So I was trying to not do that. Okay. Uh, definitely no coffee. He says he says alcohol like not something he'd recommend. But if you're gonna have a glass or two a week, then that's fine. Um. Anyway. Definitely no coffee, but you can have alcohol. Yeah. So that program is a lot of the marketing of it at least with the targeting i think is as a weight loss program and it's really really effective right. for that on my book tour i remember i just met so many people and i it was kind of not really on my radar at that point but then on that book tour so many people came up during the little signing part and they would say i've been doing this for three or four months i did eat to live and i lost i don't know 80 pounds or something crazy maybe not that amount in three or four months but maybe but just huge amounts of weight loss and uh, and it just sounded like a really healthy way to lose weight i mean some people who, who aren't you know, familiar with this stuff would say, well, that's crazy that you would stop eating all animal products and all oil. But uh, anyway, it's just, I, I think it's a really, it, for me, it is sort of the ideal, like if I, if I could get myself to always eat a certain way most of the time, that's the way it would be. Because I just think mm. it, it just makes so much sense. You just eat, so it's, he calls it nutritarian. It's just lots of very nutrient rich plant foods. And it's, you know, none of these new things that modern culture has added, like coffee and alcohol and salt. So anyway, um, I did that one for a while, and this is a, this is also a little bit of a of a side note. But I have as as I think back on these things, I remember with that one, like the salt is what made it so hard for me. And same with fruitarian. Like what was so what was very hard about the fruitarian thing was not being able to drink coffee in the morning. That was one of the harder parts. And I wonder now, like if you sort of lose the forest for trees, or if I did when I was doing these things, and I would be so strict about following every single rule. Whereas now when I think about revisiting those things, I think I would relax the salt thing or relax the no coffee in the morning thing if I was trying raw or fruitarian. 
right. and and maybe have a much much better chance of creating some sort of sustainable lifestyle with it, not not just hmm. this short term challenge that you reach a finish line and then you're done. Um, which of course is the point of these short term challenges. So I've done a bunch of these. This is how I actually got to be being vegan when I wanted to be vegan for a while. Uh, I was vegetarian shortly after I started the blog. I actually wasn't quite vegetarian when I started the blog. I was still eating fish. This was almost 10 years ago. And uh, went vegetarian over the next two years, kept wanting to be vegan, but never felt quite ready to do it. And then finally said, all right, I'm going to do vegan. I'm just going to go for it because I'm close to ready, but I'm going to do it as a 30-day challenge. That way I have an out after 30 days. If it's just not working for me, I don't feel like I failed or like I you know, lied to everyone on my blog and said I was going vegan and then went back on that. I said, right. I'm going to do this for 30 days and see how it goes. And that was so great for me because I got to experience what it felt like to be vegan. By the way, you, you could apply this to anything. Right? It doesn't have to be vegan. Doesn't have to, it could be a, a subset of vegan. It could be raw. It could be fruitarian, whatever you want. Um, got to experience it. Having the 30-day deadline kept me going because after a week or something when I really wanted pizza with cheese on it, like I was used to having, which was like the big obstacle for me, I didn't just say, no, I can never have pizza again because I'm vegan now. I just had to say, I have to get through this month, and then if I want, when I'm not craving pizza in that moment, I can make a decision about do I want to keep doing this or not. And as it turned out, I got to the end of that challenge, and I was counting down the days with you know three, two, and one day left until I could have pizza again. Like I was clearly, this thing taught me I was not ready to be 100% vegan. And I decided, okay, that was good. Tried it. I'm not ready to do it. And I think I actually, I know I wrote a post about how the 30 day challenge went and why for now I'm just happy being vegetarian. Uh, what I did not expect to happen was that within, I don't know, three or six months of ending that challenge, I did become vegan hundred percent. And the way it worked, I think is that because that challenge had exposed me to what it felt like and got me to be it for a full month. Um, then it didn't seem so, you know, although I wasn't ready for it then, I learned that I wasn't ready. It didn't seem like this crazy, horrible idea that was just such a such a major change from my current situation. And so I was right. able to gradually approach that over the next three or six months, not even really deliberately. I just sort of started reducing the cheese I was eating because I was kind of used to not eating cheese, still having my pizza once every two weeks or something. And then finally got to the point where that was the only non-vegan thing that was left was the pizza. And I said, all right, I'm this far. Like, why not just be vegan now? And it was a little bit of a struggle for the first couple of times, first couple of times I wanted pizza and didn't have it. Uh, but that challenge, even though it, I guess to someone looking in could say, well, that was a failure because you made it 30 days and then you decided not to do it. Um, for me, that wasn't a failure at all. It, it felt like I did exactly what I set out to do. And ultimately it resulted in me being ready to do this later. So I'm just such a huge fan of that approach. And it, it comes up a lot in the, we talk about habit change all the time. And I, I make no secret of being a fan of the small steps method, the idea that, Rather than you know something like a challenge where you just go vegan overnight and you do that indefinitely, uh, that you would approach it over over a longer time with smaller steps, gradually removing it. Maybe like you did, Doug. I think you went vegan uh, at home for a while and and were vegetarian out, right? Yes, uh, but it started with a seven day vegan challenge. Leo about to seven right. day challenge. Yep, you did. Um, I remember that. So it was you know full vegan seven days and then. Um, and then, you know, didn't know what was going to happen. Similar to you, it's like, maybe I'll keep, maybe I won't. Um, and, what it, and what I realized for myself was that I was totally cool doing it at home, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't, wasn't ready to take that on, you know, in the, like, at restaurants and everything like that. And right. I, I liked the, the option to be able to go to a restaurant 
and and have whatever and not not be limited to what the vegan options were. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me that in all the habit change stuff you read, the small steps is all the rage. Everyone talks about that. Charles Duhigg's book, Power of Habit, is about, you know, preserving your willpower, not taking off big chunks at once that will make you fail and then give up. Um, you don't really hear a lot about this about this challenge today, but interesting that in both of our stories about going vegan, a, a finite length challenge with a finish line on it, and one that we completed and then went back to not being vegan, mm-hmm. played a role in, you know, in, in conjunction with small steps, played a role in becoming vegan. So I think there's tremendous power in this sort of thing. Uh, and full disclosure, the reason I'm bringing up challenges right now is because we're doing a brand new one <laughs> with uh, the Health Made Simple program, uh, which is it's been around for a while. People have heard us talk about Health Made Simple, I think, which is our meal planning program. Um, but anyway, we relaunched it. We've, we've remade it. It's called Health Made Simple 2.0. And what's really, really special about this one is that it comes with an eight-week challenge at the beginning. So that thing starts October 1st. Right now, it is Thursday, September 27th. Uh, so if you listen to this on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, you've only got a couple days uh, if you want to join that challenge right away. But honestly, if you start a couple days after the challenge, it would not be the worst thing in the world because no. it, it is a challenge, but the, the first two weeks of it are kind of gradual ramping up to the full Health Made Simple program where you do it 100% for a month. That's the sprint portion. Um, so anyway, that that is uh, there. I don't even know a URL for that, Doug, off, off the top of my head. Do you? Uh, if you just go to newmanathlete.com slash HMS, so for Health Made Simple, HMS dash <laughs> challenge. There you go. Like it's a ship. HMS, the HMS challenge. The, yeah. HMS dash challenge. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that is, uh, that's that's not just the challenge. It's full Health Made Simple membership, uh, which like I said, we've, we've totally revamped and overhauled. Uh, and by the way, Health Made Simple is not, is not extreme in the way we talk about. We've talked about this kind of book tour diet. Uh, where you don't really eat meals anymore. You just eat whatever foods are available and you forget about the concept of meal because it's way easier not to think of them. Um, Health Made Simple is not that, but it's definitely not uh, big about like cooking complicated recipes. That's like, I like that as a hobby. In fact, I love that as a hobby. Uh, but the way that I eat most of the time day to day, the most way my family eat and the way my partners in the program, Sid Garza Hillman's family eats, uh, is not like that. It is it is much more assembling meals and kind of bringing together foods into a relatively simple meal. Like I wrote a blog post about, and like we talked about a couple weeks ago, where you know we had broccoli, rice, and some beans, and there was no real meal. We just ate these foods, and that was fine. Uh, in that particular example, but healthy simple ways, you know, there's more thought that goes into meals. They are good tasting recipes. It's really meant to be something that someone who's new at this diet could do without saying, "Wow, this food is horrible and bland." Anyway. Right. Um, so that is, that's all available at nomidathe.com slash HMS-challenge if you're interested, uh, particularly if you're interested in the eight-week challenge, which, uh, like I said, has all this habit change stuff built into it, but is a 30-day sprint in the middle of it where you're really doing it 100% and all wraps up in time for the holidays. So, I mean, that's clearly an ad for Health Made Simple, and good thing we had the fruitarian and the, and the uh, challenge thing to talk about to, to lead us into that. But I, I do want to just talk more about the sprint thing, like not really not any more in the context of Health Made Simple, but just the value for someone listening um, who might want to be changing anything, whether it's diet or a fitness habit or something else, I just think it's such a great thing that provides, we did an episode like two months ago that was about back to school, it was one month ago, it was about back to school stuff and just sort of a reset sort of thing, but I I really, and we mentioned several challenges in there. I just think there's so much power in it when you have the finish line there because it kind of allows you to do things that 
that otherwise would be overwhelmingly large. But when you put that finish line on there, it gives you that, I don't want to say it gives you an out. It just gives you a way to succeed uh, without having changed your habit forever. Which, you right. know, and I know for, for a lot of people, the point is to change their habit forever. I get that. Uh, but our examples of going vegan are, are good ones that show that, like, you can, you can quote-unquote fail at making the change forever through your challenge, uh, even though you succeed in finishing your challenge, and then ultimately still succeed because that, just the challenge enabled you to experience it for a while without having to deal with these thoughts. Like, my favorite one is the example of I can never have a cheeseburger again. I just remember when I first tried to become vegetarian, without knowing anything about any of this stuff. I mean, I was just saying, well, you know, I was in college or grad school and I said, I don't want to eat animals anymore. So tomorrow I'm going to start not eating animals anymore. And it lasted like three days because I made it out to, I went out to a bar and wanted a cheeseburger on the menu and just didn't have the skills or tools to say like, what's a better way to think of this so that I don't just have two beers and then give in because I'm hungry and want a cheeseburger. Right. Right. So when I, when I first started doing this, I had that little, I did it with a seven and 10 day challenge was the beginning of my going vegetarian phase. And, uh, I just noticed like when I, when I had a craving, it was like, okay, I, I do really want Buffalo wings right now, but I realized that if I just wait four more days, I will have succeeded and I won't have failed at this thing that I committed to doing. And then I can decide to do that if I want. And as it turned out, yeah. when I got there, I said, okay, I'll make it 30 days because I feel good. And I love how this is going. Uh, and then that just led eventually into all of this. So I'm a really big fan of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that for me, the challenges, I mean, there they are, of course, about, you know, succeeding within the challenge and kind of whatever. But um, for me, it's it's all about changing perspective because, uh, you know, the going vegan or eating whole foods or whatever your, you know, big step, big leap is can feel so enormous, right, and, and scary. And um, but when you, when you go through the challenge and you succeed, and even if you go back to whatever your old diet was or whatever your fitness habit was, um, even if you go back to it, you now like understand that, okay, well, you know I mean? Like I don't have to have cheese here or I don't have to cook with butter here. Um, you know, or I, you know, I can run five miles because I just did it five days in a row, you know, mm-hmm. or what, whatever it is. And, um, and it changes that perspective so that even if you're not doing it all the time, you're making like little micro adjustments regularly. Oftentimes you are. Um, and and then that becomes the norm. And then you're that much closer to that really big thing. Mm-hmm. And that was what, you know, that was for veganism. That was absolutely what happened to me is, I, you know, I was not ready to do it all the time. But I was like, you know, I can do it at home. It's like no big deal uh, to do it at home because I'm, you know, I'm pretty close. I'm closer than I thought I was anyway. Right, right. Um, and then once you start doing it at home, you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I can go to this restaurant, they have really good vegan options and, and that's no problem. And maybe the next night I'll go to a different restaurant that doesn't and, you know, it might not be vegan, but, you know, just kind of like you just gradually start to to get to a point where that big step is no longer that big of a step. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we've had the debate even with uh, Rip Asselstyn on this podcast. Not a debate, he just sort of expressed a different opinion. when he Because their uh, Engine 2 program is all about the, you know, the 28-day thing at the beginning. And this is, when we had him on, it was before we really had made the distinction about challenge versus small steps. And he, he said things like, uh, you know, I, what, we, what we like about our, our 28-day thing is that it, is it lets you experience the results pretty quickly. Whereas if you approach it with small steps, you don't get results in the first two weeks or three weeks because you're barely changing anything, right? You might be right. just having changed breakfast or if you're, if you're trying to start running, um, <clears throat> maybe you're 
walking around the block and you have started to jog for you know a quarter mile of that or something it, it's very very slow that small steps method uh so it doesn't bring obvious visible results it brings it brings the result that is invisible which is kind of that you're <clears throat> you're rewiring your brain starting to create an actual habit in your head uh, and that's really really important but it doesn't bring these external results and i think that's that's one of the great things about challenges that, the, that they do give you that and they give you this right they're just more exciting right small steps for all the great stuff that it does it's really really boring and it i mean it mm -hmm. saves your willpower but like let's say you wanted to start running a marathon let's say you, for me i've been a runner before i want to get back to it if i think about just running i don't know every day for one mile um or, or even not that let's say let's say something like an even smaller smarter first step might be let's just run a mile three times a week while that might be the first the best first week i could do and then the next week i would i would make it two miles three times a week and then the next after that maybe it would start to become four or five days a week and it'd be a little bit more while that might be the very smartest best thing i can do to get myself back to say a year from now running an ultra marathon um that's kind of really boring right i mean it's just it's just very hard to have that kind of patience but if instead i said i'm going to start a challenge where i run every day i don't care how far it is but i'm just going to run something every day uh it just, I don't know, it brings something with it where I, like, I can definitely make arguments as to why that's not as intelligent as the other one. But perhaps it, it adds enough of a change in my life and, and a jolt that it does make me do. Because now let's say I've got to get my three-mile run in every day or whatever my, my minimum is. And like I'm doing something now. Right now it's an actual challenge. So I realize a lot of this is sounding the opposite of the small steps approach. And, and that's because it is the opposite of it. Of it. Um but what I think is really yep. important is, is realizing that both of them can play a role and that they both, you know, especially integrated into, into a single thing where maybe you try a challenge first, like we did in our experiences, and then a small steps thing after that. Uh, or maybe your small steps lead you up to a challenge where you finally go for it and you give yourself a, a finish line where you're going to do it all the way for this long. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I was what I was trying to say, not very well, because I don't think you understood, <laughs> understood what I was trying to say earlier, was that like that, that jolt, that sprint at the beginning, that challenge at the beginning uh, led me to be able to do, to take small steps to get to where I wanted to be. Yeah. And, but I think it, I think it took that like shock to the system, even though it was only seven days, it took that to like, um, you know, to be like, okay, I can do this. And now I'm going to start taking the small steps to get there. Whereas before I just would have put off those small steps and. Right. Because the end result anything. seems sort of unattainable. But I think if you, right. I think if you've actually tried it, even if just for seven days, same with me when I did the 30 day thing, it, it just shows you mm -hmm. what it is like to live in that space. And right. you, you can learn that even that you're, maybe you're not ready for it yet, but you understand now what it is. And it's not this big thing that you can't even picture anymore. Exactly. So there you go. So I like these sort of things. Uh, I think, I think they are great, and I think really they can be applied in a ton of places, and I think you can use them intelligently with with a smaller steps approach uh, to to get what you want. But don't do just the, the the challenge stuff, right? Like don't don't just assume this means we're saying go for it 100% and forget to add a finish line at the end of it, because that then, mm -hmm. then you're just back to the unintelligent way that we all try to make changes. Unfortunately, which if you don't know anything about this, if you if you don't ever bother to listen to podcasts like this or read about it, the default way that we try to make changes is the exact same one that I did for years and years, which is you say, okay, tomorrow I'm changing everything and that's final. And that's the new me and I'm flipping a switch and now I'm, I'm this new way and I'm just going to use willpower because eventually it'll get easier because I'm not used to it. And mm -hmm. while there are some people for whom that works, it, it, in most cases it does not. It, it breeds this perfectionist sort of attitude. And then the very first slip up you have feels like 
suddenly the whole house of cards has collapsed because you failed and you're done and you give up and then you you know go back to your old way right so no perfection don't like that no perfection unless it's within <laughs> the context of a, of a challenge then you can be perfect until the deadline hits <laughs> temporarily perfect yes good all right cool. well, well i like it me too and i hope that i hope that some people will uh join the health made simple challenge because it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun and it is gonna be um, fun and i think it's it's a good kind of blend of the small steps and the the big jump exactly uh hey one more reminder doug that is uh not about helping simple but the nomad athlete book re is republished revised updated oh, yeah. edition comes out october 2nd which is the day after our challenge starts uh, and that's a Tuesday. If you go to nomadathlete.com slash book dash info, you can uh, you can pre-order that book with its with its new recipes, new cover, new revised text, new little snippets I've added into it. Are you still are you still on the cover with your shoes draped over there? <laughs> no. No. That was one of my conditions. I must not be on the cover of this book. <laughs> there is a uh, there's some sort of trail runner running facing away. So we don't know who he is. Kind of like the Nomad oh. Athlete Cookbook. We don't know who the, who the mystery, mystery guy. person is. Oh, you don't know who the mystery buff guy is? On the... No. Remember Veggie's Magazine thought it was me. They said something like, uh... <laughs> you know what? I don't know what it was. What, what I, in my head, what I remember it being was men want to be Matt Frazier. No, it was women want Matt Frazier. Men want to be Matt Frazier. <laughs> Here's how you can have a body like Matt Frazier. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it said. <laughs> That's not what it was. I don't remember being quite that like sexual. It wasn't that. It was. I think it was sort of more like, want a body, want a body like Matt Frazier? Uh-huh. Here's 150 recipes to do it or something. But <laughs> and that was like the skinniest time in my life where where you would not want a body like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they just thought that was me on the cover. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, well, I'm excited to see the new cover. I. I... Uh, although I'll miss that, I'll miss that picture with your running shoes draped over. Well, your... I'm sure we'll always have. It. I, I, you have a copy of the book, right, in your house? I do have a copy. Yep. So I could sign. I, I look at it the cover. You can put it on your wall, and you can just. You know, anytime <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I, I kind of miss that Matt, Matt Fraser. Pull out the book. <laughs> yeah, yep, like on those weekends when you're thinking about me. You just yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Good. I like it. All right. Well, this has been fun, Doug. It has been. This was kind of Hopefully an episode about nothing. It's kind of an episode about nothing and also a little bit about something. Yeah, a little bit of each. Hopefully we'll have a new mic for you for the next episode. Yes, I'm going to make make an effort to get that so that we do. Good. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.